United Church, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling good? Come on, thankful. Uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful uh, after last week being snowed out, snowed in, whatever you want to say. I'm so grateful to be back in the house today. Come on, there's nothing like being in church. There's nothing like lifting up the name of Jesus with some of your closest family and friends. But man, what an amazing, amazing day it is. And uh, man, so thankful. Got a couple things before we jump into the final week of this, this series out of the cave that we've been in. And uh, hoping for you, it's been as impactful for you as it has been for me as I've studied this and even been able to deliver this. I've just heard so many great things. And, and I'm hoping that for, for so many in our church that this has just been unlocking. And I would say this, if you if this today is your first time, first of all, I can't believe that you would take time to be here. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege, seriously, that you would be here. So thank you for that. But the second thing I would say is go back and watch all of these messages because I believe that it would, be, it would be impactful and powerful for your life. But two quick things before we jump into the meat of the message. The first one is this, um, is the night of worship. Not only did we have to reschedule um, uh, last Sunday, but we are rescheduling. We didn't reschedule last Sunday. We just showed up this week. Come on, somebody. But we rescheduled the night of worship for February 20th. And so make sure if you haven't gotten tickets, you can still get tickets for that. Remember all of the support goes to Delmarva Teen Challenge. We're so super excited to partner with them. Um, but the second thing I want to tell you about is coming up next week, we have our Super Bowl and Jersey Day here at United Church. And uh, before you think that we spelled Super Bowl wrong, come on, what we are doing every single year, uh, we partner with the Food Bank of Delaware. And we're going to come together collectively um, as our Dover campus, Milford campus, and even online. Come on, you can just drop it off. I don't know if you, if you don't feel safe yet. You can drop it off or you, know, you can stay in your jammies too. You ain't even got our parking team. will just like wheel you through and you can drop off your food. But we're going to partner with the Food Bank of Delaware and stock the shelves of the Food Bank of Delaware. Anybody get excited about that? Just be in the hands and the feet of Jesus. And, uh, and you can wear any jersey that you want. Listen, I know it's Super Bowl, like the S-U-P-E-R next week, and, and uh, the, the Rams are playing, and then there was another team that, that made it to the Super Bowl. Um, what was it? Was it uh, the Bengals or something like that? Anyways, but I didn't know they still had a team, but uh, that's beside the point. But we're going to partner, no, no, no offense to Joe Burrow if you're watching this, love you, bro. much love, man. But anyways, Super Bowl Sunday, wear a jersey, MLB, NBA, NFL, doesn't matter. We're just going to have some fun because that's what it's about. That's what we love this about United Church is that we can have fun. Come on, we can smile in Jesus' name. How many of y'all love a church that you can actually smile in, you feel at home in? It's amazing. But today, as, um, as we close out this this series, I want to I tell you a story. This, this story goes all the way back um, to some college years for me. And, and uh, it, it was an amazing time in college. But one of my favorite things to do in college was to go to the athletic games. And uh, I, I loved going to the athletic games um, because, one, I was an athlete. I played baseball. And uh, it was kind of self-serving in some ways because I knew if I went to other athletes' games that, like, that maybe they would come to our games, right? And uh, in baseball, I played baseball. Not the most fast-paced game if you've ever watched it before, right? It's, it's kind of long and lengthy, but, but there's other sports that were, that were more fast-paced. And we used to love going to the soccer games. The whole baseball team would show up, and, and we would go to Dollar Tree before the, the, uh, the, before the soccer games, and we would get some pots and pans, and we would get some utensils in order to be able to make some noise and make fools out of ourselves. Come on, how many of y'all have ever made fool of yourself at an athletic game before? All Eagles fans, you better raise your hand right now. You have, you have, you have made a fool out of yourself. Yeah, I know, I know how the Philly fans go. You like lose half your testimony, um, but you still cheer for your team. It's okay. It's okay. It, the Lord, the Lord forgives and he will restore. Yes. But, but I, I remember going to, uh, I remember going to the soccer games and, and then some of the other games, basketball games were fun. There was people like dunking on other people. And then one of my favorite things was go to was the uh, women's volleyball games. And here's why y'all is because women's volleyball in college 
is vicious. Like these women are not playing, y'all. They, they are like spiking on people's faces, right? There is inflated volleyballs going at speeds that you should like, it is, is mind blowing to watch and people are just wearing it off the face and it's, it's hilarious to watch. It just really is. And we would do, and I'm gonna tell you this and um, you're gonna think less of me when I tell you this story, but then I'm gonna preach and you're like, oh God, he knows the Bible too. Okay, I kind of like this guy. But we would sit at the game and we would wait for the moment. We would wait for the moment where a girl would misplay the ball. Like she would go to bump it and it would go off or she would go to set it and it would go some crazy direction or go to spike and she would hit it into the net. And we would all collectively, <clears throat> collectively point at her and say, you, 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 until the next point of the game. I know you, you think less of me. I understand. I was, I was less mature back then. I would probably still do it today. But anyways, I would... <laughs> Don't feel bad. She got paid to go to college to bump the ball. Like she's okay. She's still, she's fine. But, but one of the things, I, one of the memories I have was one of the basketball games. Um, I showed up at the basketball game and it was, again, a lot of the baseball team was there. And, and uh, these guys weren't the greatest influences on me. I tried to be influential to them. Sometimes they rubbed off on me. That, that's, I'm giving myself a way out of why I acted the way I acted that day and even this day. And so we're, we're there at the game and, um, and, and this, this said basketball team shows up and, um, and they have a, a cheerleaders, but then they also have a dance team. Well, how many of y'all, there's a difference between cheerleaders and a dance team, right? Like the, the, the way the, uh, the rhythmic and the movements of their body are significantly different in the things that they do, right? And so we were sitting there and it's okay to laugh in church. Seriously, it really is okay. And when we're sitting there in the, the, the game and the, the, it's like the halftime show and, and y'all, it was a show. Like, let me just tell you, it was a show. And, and I'm at a Christian university and, and, and like, they're still praying over the campus now for the things that happened during that halftime show. Like there was, there was movements and gyrations I have never seen in my life. Like y'all, I was just like, and, and so we're sitting there. And so what we decided to do, me and the boys, we're like, we're gonna, we're gonna mimic the movements of the dance team. And y'all, I'm like, like about to break it down. Like I'm about to like, like shake it, don't break it, honey, right? I'm like, I'm like going in on this thing and, and, and we're having a good time. The game ends, I'm walking across the gym floor headed to just kind of go about college business, Kenneth, you know what I mean? I was just going to do my thing and all of a sudden, this hand grabs me on my bicep and turns me around. <laughs> Technical foul, number one. The second thing is he turns me around, not, not to mention who this was because he's still employed by the university and he may watch this. Shout out to you. You know who this is. But he looked at me and he says this. He goes, never embarrass the university like that again. <laughs> Second technical foul of the moment. But I was in this moment. And I was like, my dad has never, my dad, first of all, my dad has never touched me like that. Like he's lucky I didn't get the left hook on, in Jesus name. Come on, somebody like the left hook of faith, right? Just whammy. You know, he, like my dad has never touched me like that. Like I got spankings and stuff, but he never grabbed my bicep and turned me around. Like he turned me around and he says that to me. And there was a moment in time where all I could think about in my head is you can't talk to me like that. You ever had a moment inside of you, well up inside of you, where you thought that very thing is you can't talk to me like that? You ever walked in Walmart without wearing a mask? <laughs> you can't talk to me like that. And then I put it on. Anyways. You can't talk to me. Like there's moments in time where we think to ourselves, like you literally, maybe it's an ex, maybe it's somebody who has spoken to you in a certain way. You can't 
talk to me like that. And there's never a moment in time when we are addressed like that where we do not, something doesn't well up inside of us. And we think that this is not okay. As I was thinking about how I wanted to finish this series, I think about all the times where it's not the voice of somebody else, but it's the voice inside of me who says things to me that I would never allow someone to say to me. That I begin to say things to myself that like, I, you can't, like I, I don't have this much fire inside of me when those, when those voices start whispering those lies into my own head. I, I don't have as much desire to stand up straight and to want to fight and give them the left hook of faith in Jesus' name. I, 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 I find let, there's less fight in me when it's the, my own voice that's speaking to me. But how many of you know, listen, I know this is true for you. It's true for me. It's true for all of us. This is a universal feeling is that we all have voices. And I'm not talking about some crazy voices in our head that we need to check ourselves in for. I'm talking about the voice that we continue to tell ourselves sometimes narratives that aren't true and they aren't real. And we allow ourselves to speak things into us and say things to us that we would never allow anyone else to say. And so today, what I wanna do is I wanna take some time to explain this, this weapon that the enemy uses. Because this, this weapon that he uses, y'all, it is so real. And today you can choose to like block me out. You can choose to not hear me. And, and it would be to, to, to our own detriment because I know this is true for, for all of us from time to time. And there's two words that I wanna introduce you to. The first one is the word rumination. And rumination is defined this way as excessive, repetitive thinking about the same event. Excessive or repetitive thinking about the same event. Event. Not, not a word that we use a ton, but I, I want you to, to understand what, what the word rumination means, especially by the end of today. And the second word I want to introduce you to is this idea of retreat. is an act of moving back or withdrawing. And the reason that I have chosen to end on this topic for this series is because I truly believe that as we ruminate on thoughts that are sometimes destructive to who we are, the natural tendency is for us to want to retreat. See, these are two things that go hand in hand, this idea of rumination and the idea of retreat. Dr. Stephen Alardi, you may remember him, I quoted him a couple weeks ago, but he said this. He said, rumination appears to be an instinctive human response when something goes wrong. It's as if we're hardwired to replay our recent trials and tribulations over and over and over and over and over again in the mind's eye to mull things over for a while before we're ready to move on. I've had people ask me, well, if it's true for negative things when it comes to rumination, is it true for positive things as well? And here's, here's what I have found to be true, is, and, and maybe this is true for you, it's true for me, is that I can ruminate on something positive for like one day, but it's the negative things that ruminate for like one decade. Like if we're just honest with ourselves, like our positive things, it seems like they just kind of, they kind of slip through the cracks, but, but it's the negative things that they get on repeat. And our thoughts are like a song. The more that we listen to them, the more ingrained they become 
in who we are. So over the last several weeks, I want to give you a little bit of a recap because we had a, a snow day last week, and, and uh, we, we talked about this guy named Elijah. Elijah was a prophet, and uh, he was having this conversation with King Ahab, and King Ahab has, has assembled some prophets of Baal, which was like the false gods, and Elijah had, 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 a, had a kind of come in, into the presence of, of our God, like the, the true God, and he says, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a sacrifice, and we're going to challenge the prophets of Baal, King Ahab, your, your prophets, to call down fire from heaven. And if he consumes the fire, we know that your gods are listening and that they are real. Well, we fast forward that we know that that doesn't happen. And then we see that Elijah steps into the moment and he pours water all over the, the sacrifice and calls down fire from heaven. And literally, there is fire that falls from heaven that consumes the sacrifice and laps up all the water. Y'all, it's pretty impressive. Like, how many of you know, like, I don't need you to clap, cheer, but I need you to realize this, is that you still serve the same God today. Like, you still serve the same God of Elijah and Elisha and Moses and Noah. You still serve the same God who opened his mouth and spoke creation into existence. I need you to stir your faith to, to, to believe me in this. But even in this moment, Elijah, he finds himself, and we've read this passage for several weeks, but there's a piece of this that I want to point out in 1 Kings chapter 19. He says, Ahab, King Ahab told Jezebel. Jezebel was the, was the woman, the woman. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Verse 2 says, then Jezebel sent a messenger. Remember, she, she replied on his Facebook. She messaged him on Instagram. Jezebel sent a messenger that's the equivalent of what, what's happening here to Elijah saying this. She said, so may the gods do to me and more also, which I find it interesting that Jezebel is calling out to the same gods who didn't even respond earlier. And so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. And check it out, verse three. It says, then he was Afraid. Elijah was afraid. I want to tie this together because I believe that this is where so much rumination comes from. It comes from fear. That fear leads to rumination over and over excessive thinking about things. It says, then he was afraid and he arose and he ran for his life. So we, we know that this fear is manifesting in his life because he's now, he's now running. He's ruminating on this thing and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. Check it out. And left his servant there. So he's afraid, but he's also, he's, he's left his servant. But why is it, why is it, why is it, church, Go with me. Why is it that so often when we need to lean into God, when we need to lean into the places where we need to be, where our soul needs to be, why is it that that is most often the time when we retreat? Like we, we need to be around the people of God, in the presence of God. We need to be around, around uh, in a group. We need to be in community. We need to be serving. We need to get back into this thing. We need to have these moments where we lean into God. But it seems like when we are ruminating, it seems like when we've got fear circulating in our brain, that is most often the time where we retreat. It says he left his servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. So he goes even further away from his servant, even further away from community. And he came and sat down under a broom tree and check it out. You start thinking dumb thoughts when you start removing yourself around from people. 
You start thinking crazy thoughts when you remove yourself from people who can actually tell you the truth. How many of you know you need a friend in your life that can right-size your thinking? I have a golf clap. Thank you so much. I, I, I feel like, and, and maybe here, no, 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 don't, 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 don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Like, I need you to believe this at soul level. That there's got to be people in your life that can see the good, bad, and the ugly. There's got to be someone, and there doesn't need to be a group of people for this, but there's got to be somebody that at soul level, you can sit across the table and they can ask you questions because you are only as accountable as you want to be. You are only as transparent as you want to be. And you start thinking crazy thoughts when you're not transparent. And he says, he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. This man has seen victory. He has seen God do the miraculous. And now he is running from his life. He has slaughtered 450 prophets of Baal. And one lady makes a sideways comment. And what does he do? He begins to ruminate on that. He begins to be fearful and he begins to Retreat. I want you to review this so we make sure, because if you, don't, if you don't have this, none of the rest of the message will make sense, but let's just make sure the rumination, excessive repetitive thinking about the same event. The word rumination is actually, um, it, it's actually used in this idea of, uh, if you know anything about like um, cattle, cows, any kind of animal like that, uh, chewing the cud. Y'all maybe heard this statement, like just chewing the cud. <laughs> hey brother, just chewing the cud over here. That was my North Carolina accent coming out over there. Just chew, and, and, and for those of you who didn't grow up on farm, my, my grandfather had, he had cattle and uh, he had cows, um, cows that he didn't name. And you know what that means, right? They're, they're going to be sold later for, uh, for food. Anyways, um, but they would chew grass and then the cows will, or the, or the hay or whatever it is, and they will, they will swallow it. And then what happens? They... I'm not trying to be graphic. I'm trying to explain to you what rumination is, is they will literally basically throw it up in their mouth, chew it again, swallow it again, and then the process goes on and on and on it goes. Like, y'all, let me just like, tell you this. Like Papa John's never tastes good the second time. You know what I'm saying? You have the little, little burp moment. And we laugh about that, but like think about that. We do the same exact thing with our thoughts. Like how many of you know your thoughts never get better the second time? Your thought, like the third, fourth, fifth, tenth, thousandth time, like it's tasting as bad as a pepperoni pizza two hours later. Like rumination is real. Then we retreat an act of moving back or withdrawing. And as I already illustrated, like this is exactly what we do when we need to lean in. We actually walk Away, And what I would submit to you is that this is a vicious cycle that you don't want to get caught up in, the cycle of rumination and retreat. Rumination, retreat. Rumination, retreat. And some of you have been ruminating for years the same thing, and the very thing that you've been ruminating on is what the enemy is using to derail your destiny. Like, hear me say this today. Some of you are still ruminating on the divorce that happened 10 years ago. 
And God is like, I forgave you at the moment that you asked me. Stop ruminating on this because the enemy has been using all of this time since you were forgiven until now to derail you from your destiny. Like for some of us, we can think back to that night, that moment, that instance, and we can cherry pick all of those things in our life and we ruminate on those things and the enemy will render you useless if he can get you ruminating on these things. He will get you to retreat from the people of God and you will not be effective for the kingdom of God. And so church, what I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to shame the devil. I'm trying to give you all of the equipping that you need to be useful for the kingdom of God, to get back in the game and say, come on, bring it, Satan. Like you might be strong, but guess who's stronger? Jesus is stronger. And I'm going to dominate this battle. I'm going to dominate this battle. There's a million things. There's a million things that rumination and retreat does, but I want to give you three today before we go. Three things that rumination and retreat does. The first one is this, is rumination and retreat empowers your feelings. I've said this a thousand times at United Church, and this will be 1,001, is that so often your feelings will betray you. Your feelings, at some point or another in your life, they will betray you. Elijah was overwhelmed by this threat from Jezebel. And where did he go? He got in his head. Some of you, your mailing address is not the place where your mail is delivered. For some of you, your mailing address is in your head because that's where you live. And I'm, I'm not shaming you. I'm calling you to, calling this to attention to say, listen, I don't have to live that way. I understand that this, the, 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 the mistakes I made are real, but I don't have to ruminate on them over and over and stay stuck in my head. I can find freedom from these very things. C can I just plead with you today? Can I plead with you today? Do not forfeit your, do not forfeit your thought process to the enemy. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he says, take captive, take every thought captive to obey Christ. I've preached this before at United, but, 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 but Paul, what he was saying is this, is like literally there's like a spear in your hand and you have to think about these thoughts that are ruminating through your head and you have to walk through and you have to take every thought captive to obey Christ and say, listen, you will not remind me of that divorce. You will not remind me of when I was unfaithful. You will not remind me when I was impure. You will not remind me of when I clicked on this. You will not remind me of those things because I'm taking every thought captive to obey Christ and therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm preaching better than y'all are talking back to me today. That's, that's for sure. That is for sure. And the scary part about all of this is when your feelings start to cloud out the facts. And at some point, your feelings will betray you. I want to give you an exercise that I, I need you to do. And, and I'm not talking about jumping jacks or running, so don't freak out, all right? An exercise. I want you to, I want, today or sometime, I, I, today would be great. Tonight, whenever. I, I want you to grab a, a piece of paper. I want you to grab a notebook, legal pad, whatever. Because sometimes it's our, our feelings and our thought aren't really connecting. Like sometimes we, we need to like act like we're on the other side, that we're facing the person who is facing the things that we're going through. Does this make sense? So you, you have to put yourself in the perspective of it as if you are talking to the person who is going through what you're going through. And begin to, to jot down all, all of the, the facts about the situation. The, the facts about who you are that you're a child of God, that you are, that you are called and you were, you were made on purpose, for purpose, with a purpose. 
and all of the facts that you know about your life, all of the facts that you know, because sometimes when our feelings and sometimes when our thoughts aren't really connecting, we need to write down all of the facts so that we can begin to talk to ourselves and inform ourselves that our feelings are betraying us. I think this is gonna unlock something inside of, of somebody today that if you just simply write down the facts about your life and talk to yourself as if you were having a conversation with somebody else, it, it may just be the breakthrough in your life. Maybe you don't wanna do that. You're like, Pastor Ken, that's soft, that's soft. I don't wanna do that. I, I, can I just encourage you? If you don't wanna do that, then find a counselor and see them. Like find somebody, all of us, listen to me, every single person needs somebody on the other side of us. Come on, that we can, throw, we can bring all of our cud to. Come on, somebody. We can just verbal vomit all over them and they're not connected. They're not your boss. They're not your friend. They're not your employer. They're not your employee. They're not necessarily your spouse, but somebody that you can say something to, that you can speak the feelings that you are having to and they're not gonna judge you on the other side of it. Proverbs says this, the, the wisest man ever walked the face of the earth, Solomon, he says, without counsel, and you can say like this, without a counselor, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Church, we, we've had over 60 people reach out to us during this series to, to connect with a counselor, and I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's awesome. I, I want to give you this slide one more time because life counseling is who we recommend everybody to go to. If, if you're looking for in-person, they do some telehealth as well, and then Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling is all telehealth, and you can find the information at unitechurchd.com slash counseling, and we are partnering with people to literally find some freedom in, in, in their, their mental space to really get healthy because nobody would shame anybody. We've said this for having a broken leg or a broken arm, but when it comes to something that's going on in our mind, for some reason, we have this stigma on it. And my prayer is that through this series that we've removed that stigma. I want to tell you this. I said this a couple weeks ago, but we had somebody write a $12,000 check in order for us to partner with people in counseling. That's fantastic. $12,000. $12,000. The cool part, uh, even kind of additionally to that, is that we had another person um, give $10,000 and said, hey, when that 12000 runs out, here's another 10000 in order to help the people of United Church find freedom in their life. And every person that is clapping has had counseling before, and you know how powerful it is. Seriously, I mean that. Because it will literally, you will doubt it. You will think it's silly. You will think it's dumb. You will think you don't need it. And then you sit down across from a counselor specifically some of the ones that we have said are qualified. And you will go like, oh my gosh, did they have my life story because they are literally reading my mail. You ever said that with somebody that's just so rude because you know, they, they know way too much about you and you don't know how? That's what a good counselor will do. And they'll help you walk through the feelings that you're walking through. The second thing rumination and retreat will do is it will magnify your failures. Magnifies your failures. I, uh, I heard somebody say it like this one time, no one looks good under a microscope. And I don't know if you've ever looked at yourself in one of those magnifying mirrors. And I, I know you're, you're beautiful. I know you're awesome. But there's some things you see in the magnifying mirror that you don't want nobody to see. You know what I'm saying? Like there's things in the pores. You're like, oh God, like, let me back away from this. And it's the same thing with our thoughts and our emotions and our feelings is, is when we have these moments of rumination and retreat, it just magnifies your failures. And yes, you may feel like it's, it's huge, but what the enemy would want is for you to feel like everything that you've been through is insurmountable. And, and, and somebody needs to hear me say this. Somebody, somebody needs to hear me speak this into their life is that you, you may have failed at one point of your life, 
But can I set you free to understand that you are not a failure? Just let that sit for a second. Like literally, you, you may have like royally screwed up in some situation or another, but can I tell you, you are not a screw up. That your identity is not based on an event. Can I get an amen on that? That if it was, can I tell you that there would be no qualification for me to stand up here? I'd say, yep, I'm done. But your identity is not based on an event. Your identity is based on who you are in Jesus. And so often what happens is your rumination and retreat will magnify your failures to the point you will forget what Jesus did for you. And you will forget that Jesus went to the cross bearing all your sin and shame. And it wasn't contingent like, oh, well, if he... If, if he or she does this the right way, then, I, then, I, then, then my sacrifice will be for them. No, 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 it was contingent on nothing. That Jesus went to the cross for you. And that Jesus has forgiven, if you've trusted in him as your savior, he has forgiven you, but the enemy will want to magnify your failures to the point you forget what Jesus has done for you. You see, the enemy is, uh, I, I don't know how a better way to put it, but, it, but Satan is a liar. And I love how Jesus said it in John chapter 8, verse 44. It says, when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus is like, hey, I want to make, make sure you understand what I'm trying to say. The enemy, he lies. He speaks his native language when he's lying. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You know, in scripture, there's, there's like, there's couplets of threes and and when God says something in threes, he wants you to understand that he means business. That when he lies, he's talking about the enemy. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. And he would love to lie to you and say, hey, everything that you've done, the thoughts that you're having, they are insurmountable. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. Come on, Jesus said that he came to give us life and life to the full. He came to cover all of our sins. Come on, how many of you know the grace of God is sufficient for anything that you've ever done, anything you've ever been through? The third thing that I see about rumination is and retreat is that it exaggerates the negative. I am the, I'm one of the, one of my, one of my spiritual gifts, I don't know if it's a spiritual gift, one of my gifts is exaggeration. Like I went on, I went on a trip this past week and y'all, it was great. I was down in Louisiana, come on, shooting some quail. Anybody? Come on, shout out to quail hunters, pheasant hunters, some chukka. Anybody ever heard of chukka? No? Okay, Cool. Exactly. But I, it was a great trip. Great trip. Great trip. But, but my tendency is to come back from a trip and be like, it was the best trip I've ever been on. The best. Like you go on vacation. You're like, it was the best vacation ever. It was the best pizza I've ever had. Where were you? I was in Frederica. Come on, shout out to Frederica. They got some good pizza, but it ain't the, come on, yeah, yeah, from Frederica, yeah, eight people, yeah. But it's good, it's good, peep, good pizza. It ain't the best ever. We, we exaggerate, we literally exaggerate everything. That was exaggeration, by the way. Let me, let me give you a piece of, of marriage advice. Try, try, not to, try not to use these words, always and never. Always, and we're not even a marriage series, but this is, this is free advice from Pastor Kenneth, because I love you, and I'm your friend. But don't say to your spouse, you always do this. You never do this. Honey, you always leave up the toilet seat. Babe, don't you remember? There was that one time I put it down. You're right. Always isn't correct. 
You, you never, you're never home on time. Baby, I worked from home that one day. I didn't even leave. I was on time. It's just not true. Always and never remove them from your vocabulary. And also while I'm at it, how about we remove it from our thought processes as well? Because the enemy will come. Here's what, here, here's what I, I truly believe this. I don't think that the, I don't believe that the spirit of God, I don't believe that Jesus would ever speak these words uh, always and never over your life because the enemy will use them against you. You always screw up. You always blow it. You always say that. You always treat people like this. Given the chance, you'll never make it. And the enemy uses these words over and over and over again. And can I just equip you to know that if you hear always and never, unless you are always my son or you are always my daughter and you will never know what it's like to be separated from me, unless you're hearing things like that, you're not hearing from God. That's the enemy trying to shame you. So church, I, I wanna equip you before we go. I wanna give you a, a couple things. A couple things because... um. There's a couple solutions that will revolutionize, excuse me, this, this idea of rumination and retreat. There's, there's a couple things that you'll be able to do to combat what it is that's coming at you. The first one is this, is you got to commit to community. You got to commit to community. Now, I, I can't overstate this. Let me just take you to the second chapter of the first book of the Bible. It says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. God said, I will make him a helper fit for him. From the second chapter of the very first book of the Bible, God has been telling us that it is not okay for us to be alone. What I have found, I feel like every time I get by myself, every time I separate myself from community, every time I begin to retreat, y'all, can I tell you, my IQ seems to go down. I make worse decisions. I say dumber things. I think worse thoughts. It just seems like the further I get away from where I need to be, the further I get away from the community that I need to find myself in, like the dumber the decisions that I make. And, and, and here's why we talk about this. This is like the 17th time we've talked about this. This is why we talk about groups is because we truly believe that when you surround yourself who, who can speak life into you, when you surround yourself with people who can speak life into you, people that can call you out, people that like give them permission, they can tell you the hard things. When you surround yourself with those people, you can begin to think better thoughts. And the enemy won't be able to back you into a corner and say, hey, you always, you never. It's like, hey, you may say that enemy, but I've got somebody in my group who's telling me something different and I'm trusting and believing in them that while I may not be thinking clearly right now, I love them and they're telling me this is true, so I'm following them. You gotta commit to community. The second one is this, and this may sound super simplistic, but you gotta change your thoughts. Track with me for a second before you write me off. Check out what Paul said in Philippians 4. Is finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. I love scripture. I love that in this passage, Paul is telling us, hey, hey, I want you to focus on these things. Is it honorable? Focus on these things. Is it just? Is it pure? Focus on these, because this is what will change your 
thought patterns. I wanted to equip you with some today because maybe, maybe given the opportunity, like you've been stuck in this rumination rut for so long that it's, it's so hard for you to even think different thoughts. I wanted to give you a few today. These are some because of Jesus thoughts. That this isn't because you're good. This is because good, Jesus is good. See, because of Jesus, I am a masterpiece. And I love how these are worded because they're, they're, they're statements, they're I am statements. They're not like, hey, I will be. No, they're I am statements. And you don't have to take a picture because you're gonna get a handout when you leave today because we want you to be reminded of who you are because of Jesus. That's just how amazing our God is. Because of Jesus, I am joyful. Well, I don't feel joyful. Well, I'm gonna speak it over my life until I walk in it. Here's what I know about you is that some of us are in Saturday of our faith. What do you mean by that, Pastor Ken? This is what I mean. Is can you imagine how much despair there had to be on Saturday when, when Friday Jesus goes to the cross and he says, hey, I'm gonna rise from the grave. Hey, I'm gonna rebuild the temple in three days. And on Saturday, they're not watching all this. This isn't taking place yet. And they're finding this despair, not realizing that on Sunday that all of their faith will become sight. And some of you have been walking around in Saturday for the last several weeks or last several months or maybe even the last several years. But I'm here today to tell you that we serve a Sunday Savior, that we serve a God who has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And if he can conquer death, hell, and the grave, he can get you out of the rumination rut that you've been in. He can cause you to step back into community that you may be in isolating yourself. But today I'm stepping back in because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, I am gentle. Because of Jesus, I am patient. I am faithful. I am self-controlled. I am kind. I am forgiven. I am free. I am healed. I am secure. I am more than a conqueror. Well, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that, Pastor Kenneth. You know, I, I, what I feel like is I feel like I've, I've had all these emotions riled up over the last several weeks and I don't feel like I'm more than a conqueror. Church, I don't, I don't believe that for one second that I feel like in four weeks we could undo what's taken four years, four decades for some of us, four months. I don't know what it was. But my prayer is this. Is that as the pastor of this church, we will never stop talking about getting healthy mentally. As the pastor of this church, I, I will never stop helping people connect with life-giving counseling to find out how they can become a better version of themselves. And maybe you don't feel like that yet. Can I just speak this over your life? Can I encourage you today? Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep taking advantage of the resources that we've placed in front of you reach out to that counselor. Maybe you've had a therapist in the past, reach out to them, reach back out to them. Maybe you haven't, listen, let me, let me take a time out here too. If you have a therapist who is not a believer, can I tell you, you need to, you need to ditch that therapist and find one who's a believer because they don't even see through the same lens that you see through. They'll begin to give you advice that you're like, that ain't what the word says. And if it ain't what the word says, it's not best for your life. So you better believe when we put therapists and counselors in front of you, come on, they believe that God's word is, is true and inspired. They believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And we will never, church, we will never stop talking about how to get healthy in this manner. 
So maybe you don't feel like everything's resolved. Maybe you don't feel like, man, after four weeks, I just feel like, like everything's taken care of. Can I just speak life into you and say, keep going, keep walking and watch what God will do. And I encourage you just to bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, just for distraction's sake. Maybe today um, we could just spend a moment just, just praying these prayers of I am a masterpiece. Maybe for the first time right where you are, just begin to say these statements that I am joyful. I am gentle. I am patient. I'm faithful. I am self-controlled. I am kind. I'm forgiven. I'm free. I'm healed. I'm secure. I'm more than Well, let's not just let this moment pass by. Right where you sit, would you just call out to God and say, God, would you help me? God, my thoughts are thoughts are leading me to, to the rumination, right? He's causing me to retreat, and God, I'm asking that you would not only free me from these thoughts, but God, you would help me. You would help me to move in the direction of the prescription that you've already given me. God, would you help me to commit to community? God, would you help me to change my thoughts? Take every thought captive. In Jesus' name. Church, look up at me for a second before I pray for you. I just want to encourage you because here's what I know is the enemy would want to make you feel like you are, you're not cutting it, you're not doing enough. And I just want to look at you and say this, that you're doing better than you think. We never give ourselves enough credit for the progress that, that we've made. And by nature of you being here, you're doing better than you think. So I want to pray for you and MC will take over. But I, I just believe that that we're on the cusp of seeing God do some amazing things in some amazing people's lives. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. God, you're, you're so good to us. And Father, thank you that when our thoughts betray us, that you don't, that when we feel like that, that we're just stuck in our, our, our mind and we're stuck in our head, God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the supernatural strength to take every thought captive. God, I pray that, that our people wouldn't hear this as an advertisement for groups, God, that they wouldn't hear this as an advertisement for serving, God, but they would hear it as a heart's cry of their friend, their pastor, the heart's cry pleading for them not to do it by themselves anymore. Help us to fix our eyes on you. The lifter of heads, lifts our eyes to the hills. That's where our help comes from. The Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us in this season, this moment, this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.